0: and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. Do you find yourself stuck in a situation that is no longer right for you, but you're afraid to make changes? Well, today we are speaking with Audrey Bellis, who shares with us why it's important to focus on what's good for you, how to step up from a place of service, and why you can't raise your net worth until you raise your self-worth. Audrey Bellis is a community builder of cities, tech, and leadership among women of color. As the founder of startup DTLA, Audrey helps to bring tech and creative companies into downtown LA during what has been called the downtown resonance. Audrey is also the founder of Worthy Women, a platform dedicated to women in the tech community that helps women on their worth. In this episode, Audrey shares her personal journey of shedding other people's expectations and following her own path. She provides practical tips on how to overcome fears, embrace your authentic self, and become a worthy woman. Visit www.iambeyondbarriers.com where you will find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode including the best way to get in touch with Audrey. So we are extremely excited at Beyond Barriers to have her joining us today. And I will hand it over to you, Audrey, uh, so that you can share with us where you are, where the women has taken you and what you plan on doing in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So where I am right now is still in sunny downtown LA. In fact, (laughs) I just celebrated remembering that I moved here 10 years ago. So as everybody's talking about the new decade, right? I Mm -hmm. found it so appropriate that 10 years ago in 2009, I moved to Los Angeles broken, alone, and looking to rebuild my life. And downtown was going to be the place to do it. And a decade later, I've had a hand in helping to build the technology startup space ecosystem here, bring amazing companies. And the future is still downtown. I'll still be here.
0: (laughs) You've always been a diehard downtown LA advocate. And I love that about you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. On the Worthy Women side, Worthy Women was a... I say was because we've shifted a little bit in mm-hmm. our focus. Worthy Women originally started off as a spin-off event series from Startup DTLA. So Startup DTLA was to help drive entrepreneurs and technology companies to downtown. I saw a big gap in that we didn't have a lot of female founders attending our events. And outside of just female founders, we didn't have a lot of women that looked like me. We didn't have a lot mm. of women of color. Yes. So I wanted to create an event series that was a safe space specific to where are the women of color? Where are our female entrepreneurs? And what is it that you need so that you can have a greater presence here and participate? And the event series took on a life of its own. It became a spin-off company. Ultimately, I sold Startup DTLA in 2018, but I still have a little bit of involvement with the new owners. Mm -hmm. And then Worthy Women went from being a diversity and inclusion company event series to really evolving the work that we learned from our audience and applying it with enterprise companies as a consulting practice. And in 2020 and beyond, we will be launching our very own virtual academy and digital learning library with low-cost solutions as well as enterprise solutions so that everybody can have access to the work that we're doing at a price point that makes
0: sense. That's fascinating to see how you've had a huge imprint on bringing kind of like the whole digital age and that disruption to downtown LA and helping those individuals. But what I really love to hear is a little bit more about this transition that you made because a lot of our listeners, you know, in thinking about their career and thinking about moving forward, it's really difficult to switch lanes. How do you get the clarity? Like what made you realize you were going to pivot and switch lanes and tell us a little bit about that thought process. And then now, how are you hitting the ground running with that?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I find most interesting in where and why people struggle to switch lanes is because they're so invested on how it needs to be. Mm. They think it needs to be one way, but honestly, for me, it's about dollars and cents. Events were not making us money. They were a Mm. bleeder, quite frankly. You're always looking for sponsorship. It's exhausting. You're managing a ton of people. You're always trying to find a space. And can I fit more people? And while that's incredible, and I love the community of it, what really clicked was in 2017, Mm -hmm. I went on a national tour for the Worthy Women Conference. So you were our headline speaker at the Worthy Women Conference. And I said, this mm-hmm. is so great. I'm going to take it on the road. And every month, I'm going to produce a conference in a different city across the United <laughs> States. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and while that was a huge undertaking, and it was massively successful. The biggest problem I found was that every time I went into a new city, the first thing I heard was, this was amazing. When do you come back? Well, I'm not coming back. I'm going back to Los Angeles. They mm-hmm. wanted something that was evergreen that they could participate in, and we weren't designed to do that. And so I needed, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, to really rely on my data and understanding my audience to say, well, mm-hmm. what is it that they want from me, not what am I imposing on them? Right. And where do the dollars make sense? So I said, okay. We're not going to be doing events anymore. I also got pregnant and was on unexpected bed rest for most of my pregnancy Mm -hmm. due to a heart condition. So I thought, okay, I need to be smarter about the work that I'm doing. And so many of my audience members used to say, Audrey, I love this. I wish this was in-house at my company. Can I introduce you to somebody who does learning and development? Mm -hmm. And, you know, little me over here was like, well, what does that mean? Right have learning and development? And and how can I participate in that? So I started doing workshops for companies, lunch and learns, easy, fun, you know, ways to participate. And I had a very unique opportunity come up with a company that I was consulting for to go on retainer for them. And I spent the better part of this last year, Mm -hmm. end of 2018, most of 2019, developing two programs where the leadership and worthy sales, because everything you do is based from a place of self-worth. And if you do not feel worthy of asking for the multi-million dollar sale, you're not going to get it. That's a no before you even. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Okay. And as a leader, if you don't feel empowered in who you are with clarity of what you stand for, what the company stands for, how are you going to drive your team? You won't be able to lead them because it needs to be empathetic, heart-centered, and it needs to come from you. Leadership is a top-down experience. Mm -hmm. So that unique experience really led me to deepening the development of these programs. It was an incredible opportunity. And now I'm actually going to be starting an in-house role here in Q1 with a fantastic company, leading their sales training, and not only being able to apply that, but still have the opportunity with worthy women on the virtual side to make sure that worthy leadership and worthy sales and Mm -hmm. just your worthy personal development, right? It's like chicken soup for the Everything is worthy about you, your business, your life, your leadership, your civic service. How do we help you empower that and using technology to reach a larger audience Mm -hmm. on that kind of evergreen space versus having to restrict you from, oh, I can only get access to that if I'm available to attend, which now as a new mom, more than ever recognize how I was really limiting my audience. (laughs) You know, because things you don't know until you experience, right? Right. That's why inclusionary practices and having such a broad sense of people representing your teams is so important to expose you to what am I missing from other people's points of view or limitations and how can I break those barriers? No pun intended.
0: I know. No, I love it. And, you know, everything that you said is very much parallel to what Beyond Barriers is wanting to do is helping empower women and helping them to realize that they need the tools, the mindset, and the skill set to really focus on what you said, the importance of clarity and the courage and the conviction to move forward and the commitment to keep, you know, developing those habits. Given that you have worked with Lots of women in the space of, you know, talking about leadership, also talking about sales and some of the habits and the hacks and the techniques that you need in that space of sales. What are some of the patterns that you've observed that prevent women from showing up with confidence and owning their success? And like you said, getting that sale, getting that yes.
1: So there is nothing magic to sales. I'll tell you right now, I don't care how amazing you are or not amazing you think you are. Sales is nothing more than being consistent and persistent. And Mm. that's it. There is nothing special about it. Everything is a numbers game. You need to be very active in the volume of people that you are reaching out to and the manner in which that you do what you say you're going to do. So integrity is really key. If I'm going to send you an email by end of day, that email better be there by end of day because why would I trust you with my money when you can't follow up on something that has no monetary value? So that's critical. And I tell everybody this. The second key, which is equally important, is to your point, clarity, right? Mm -hmm. So If you are not clear as to who my end user is, what is the value add I bring to the table? How am I a differentiator? And how are we alike versus how are we different? And you're targeting the correct person, the person in the organization, when you're talking about sales, that is the decision maker. If you do not have clarity on that, you're just shooting darts in the dark. Mm -hmm. And it is your job to really understand not just who that person is, but Who am I? And how do I relate to them? Do Mm -hmm. I understand fully what their needs are? This is where I think pulling on my startup experience really helps in applying agile and lean methodologies. Mm. I apply empathy mapping to everything that I do. And I have a psychology background. That's my degree is in. So for me, it's profiling my end user profiling their needs. Am I of service to that? Or am I a hindrance? right? Mm -hmm. And how do I overcome that? So I think having, to your point, the clarity, but then you need to have the practical basics, right? Integrity, consistency, and persistency, and really understanding when something is a hard, fast no, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: understanding why it's a no. Is it a no because I pitched the wrong person? Is it a no because I didn't come to the table with the appropriate idea or is it a not right now but I've identified you and perhaps you and I can build value together and in the future there is something else that we can do together or you might be able to direct me to another decision maker, to another sale, to an influencer that could help me tap into a different market. So it's never really a no, Mm -hmm. but you need to understand where that path is taking you and follow it appropriately. Again, this goes back to people getting really stuck on, well, it has to look like this. And I think it needs to be this way. And I'm going to go after this person. And I'm just going to drill them to death. We don't want that. You wouldn't want to be sold that way. Sell to people, you know, from a heart-centered place, Mm -hmm. how do you bring value? And how do you step up to the plate from a place of service? And that I think is critical.
0: I love that. I love the focus of, like you said, the end kind of game. You think about what is the outcome you want for these people, for whoever it is that you're serving, and then kind of almost reverse engineer it and understand what it is or how you can help them. You mentioned a little bit about really understanding the no, if you get the no. And then you talked a little bit about the persistence and the consistency as well. What has helped you deal with and maybe learn from failures or the setbacks when you get the no, because there is the consistency and the persistency. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more of, like you said, the no, is it a hard, fast no or not? And what helped you kind of just keep pushing forward when you feel like, oh, I got the no and it feels like such a failure.
1: So I think one of the biggest things people have is that they're scared of no. This is going to sound so cliche and everyone has heard it in every sales book. (laughs) That no just gets you closer to your next yes. Right. But it's true. You know, we can have a choice. And this is our attitude, right? Do you look at obstacles as setbacks? Or do you look at obstacles as learning opportunities to help you evolve? With every no, I learn more about myself, I learn more about the opportunity, and I learn more about my end user. And Mm -hmm. maybe I didn't get it right this time. But I always ask for feedback. I always ask, you know, did you go with another person? Was this price specific? And then you can understand, well, maybe I'm too much. Well, am I too much because I'm too much? Or am I too much because they don't want to pay that much?
0: (laughs) Right. Right? That's a very Mm -hmm.
1: different distinction. Mm -hmm. And I think, okay, so that first part was not being scared of the no. You learn from it. The second part in overcoming failures, I think is you have to take cause in who you are and really pause and say, is this debilitating? Is this really that big a deal in the grand scheme of things? Because let me tell you, I have been through some things in my life, like, poof, I can write a book <laughs> on it. And I think most people have. And I think what happens is that when we attach an emotional value, again, because we're so stuck on the outcome, that mm-hmm. no means something. But if you're not so obsessed with it has to be this way and you can be less rigid, you allow yourself to flow and say, okay, well, what is this trying to show me? Maybe I need to stop and pivot and stop learning things the hard way. and trust in what flows with ease and why is it flowing with ease because you're doing something right do more of that
0: right dollars and cents right right no that makes complete sense and i think you know you had some very you know great logic in terms of what it is or or how you need to approach that I would also ask in terms of thinking about, you know, just you do that, you have the consistency, the persistency, and then the commitment to kind of, you know, keep moving forward towards that long-term vision, that long-term goal. What if you could figure out exactly how to rise up faster in your career? Instead of wasting time on trial and error, imagine being able to pinpoint what's holding you back, where to focus your effort, and how to get results quickly. That's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz is designed to do. You'll get your personalized score based on 25 essential elements to accelerate career success in the digital age. And you'll get a free guide with cutting edge career strategies that'll help you understand how to gain momentum and dominate your career. The Beyond Barriers quiz takes just a few minutes, but it'll save you months of frustration. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. What do you do though when you come to that crossroads and you need to balance and kind of manage competing priorities, be it personal, professional, and in some cases, you know, competing priorities within, you know, work, but then home. And how do you handle that? Or how have you found yourself getting past some of those obstacles?
1: So I think you have to keep the big picture in mind, right? It's very easy to get stuck on these momentary setbacks Mm -hmm. and lose sight of what the big picture is. So for myself, I'm a single mom. I manage everything. I'm 100% the provider of my kid. I work. And when life throws curveballs at me, I have to be very agile and not let it get to me. And that's very, very hard to do when you're juggling a business, starting a new position when you've been self-employed for the last mm-hmm. 10 years. You know, kids' schedules, germs, the nanny, did we get into preschool, all the stuff.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And so... I think it's focusing on the big picture. So I stop and I always ask myself, is this really debilitating or is this something that I can pivot and work with? Or I look at things and I say, we have competing priorities. Where can I prioritize or what do I need to prioritize? And I ask myself, is this something that gives me movement? Does it drive me forward? Mm. Or is this something that keeps me stuck in the hamster wheel? Right. And I don't want to be stuck in the hamster wheel because I have limited time, limited resources and limited sleep. And my kid needs the best version of me, just like everyone else needs the best version of me. And so do I. So I really take pause. And I always ask myself, how does this relate to my bigger picture? Does it give me motion forward? Or if it's keeping me stale and stuck? I need to change something to make that not continue or Mm -hmm. I need to say no more. And at that point, when you have limited resources, limited time, you start to care very little about what other people might think, about the perception of what somebody thinks, you know, of you, Mm -hmm. all that stuff goes out the window. You just don't even care. All you can focus on is what matters. And it very much helps you narrow down and be specific.
0: So just really kind of like you said, narrowing down, being specific and kind of breaking down a big problem into smaller problems. And I love your assessments of is this debilitating? Is it making me move forward? Or sometimes people get caught up and I feel like I'm moving, but you realize you're moving just in circles. <laughs> you're spiraling down. Dollars and down. cents.
1: I yes. always ask, is it making me money? And does it make sense, right? From mm-hmm. a logical standpoint. And that is something that I truly feel is a gift. Mm-hmm. I have a very logical brain. My dad is an engineer. Mm-hmm. And so I always grew up analyzing problems the way my dad would present them to me. What are the pieces? How do they fit together? How do they work? And that has been one of the greatest gifts that maybe I have innately, but also Mm -hmm. that my parents nurtured, right? I'm very pragmatic and I don't attach a lot of feelings to things that I'm working on. I'm able to compartmentalize and remove the emotion and focus on what are the facts, Mm. what are the things and what needs to happen is that in my ability to make happen? What can I do to make that happen? And focus very much on the tangible versus the things I'm creating in my head. And the second part of that I think is fear, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of us have fear. And I always talk about fear as, and I'm sure you've heard this adage before, but F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Yes. Is this a real fear? Is this genuine? Is it actually threatening me? Or is it some type of preconceived notion I have spun in my head and I'm attaching value to? And it's a false fear that I'm letting control my life. And I'm not trying to live by somebody else's false expectations. That's no way to function. And when you're able to identify if that's happening, then you say, okay, this is ludicrous. I'm going to stop that and move (laughs) on.
0: I love the acronym of fear and how you break that down, and it, it makes it seem less. Fearful. (laughs) So, So that's amazing. And, you know, you kind of went into it a little bit. And I think you did talk a little bit about focus. And I love the methodical kind of logical way that you're saying, you know, the focus is really important. I guess, what is your one hack that helps you focus on the right thing at the right time?
1: Okay, so there's two parts to that question. Mm -hmm. Number one, we touched on it a little bit earlier. You brought up how I like to take a big problem and break it down into small bite-sized things. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you lose 20 pounds, one pound at a time? So the same way I apply to all of the things that I focus on. I look at the big picture and I subdivide that into a quarterly goal, a monthly goal, a Mm -hmm. weekly goal, a daily goal. And I apply those in my planner. I'm very methodical in my planning. Mm -hmm. I live and die by my day planner and calendar everything goes in it. So for me, it's having that bigger picture of every day I'm doing X, Y, Z and I'm narrowly focused on that. But in the back of my head, I know it's yielding to this week's big picture, which means this month, which means this quarter, which means this year. So that's one. I strategically plan and I'm always reviewing my annual and quarterly strategic plan to see, am I on course? What do I need Mm. to alter if needed? The second part of that is I am a major believer in time blocking. So I always ah, okay. do my biggest, most, you know, difficult deliverable that requires the most attention in the morning. I'm a morning person. I'm up at 4 a.m. every day. Oh, my so God. That is because my kid gets up at six and I <laughs> two hours for my sanity.
0: Right. Okay.
1: But I know myself and I know that my brain works best first thing in the morning. So I tackle the biggest, most challenging thing before lunch. After lunch is a series of smaller, lesser deliverables, but I never alter from that. The most critical thing always happens first after lunch is whatever might happen. And I don't take meetings after three o'clock because my brain is just, I'm done. I go to bed early. I, have a mm-hmm.
0: I think that is actually very practical and tangible, just advice in terms of breaking those things down. And I love how you say you always keep your eye on the North Star. So, you know, you know which way you need to go and you always look to see if your compass is calibrated. And I love how you do. Like you said, it's exactly that. It's breaking it down from an annual to quarterly to monthly to weekly to daily. And I think that's brilliant. And it's amazing.
1: Thank you. One of the things that I do want to point out though is, you know, I'm human just like anybody else. And my North Star really got lost for Mm. me when I was pregnant. And in that kind of first half of my new mom, six to nine month phase in that first year, Mm -hmm. it was very, very hard to see the North Star because I had so many other outside conflicting things happening in my personal life, adjusting to motherhood. You know, I talked earlier about how it's so critical to know who you are and what you stand for. When those things started dramatically shifting for me, I really went through a phase of feeling lost and trying to recreate what I know, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. that person anymore. And I had to really step back, you know, talking about taking my own advice with the dollars and cents saying, what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Where am I at? How have things shifted? And giving myself permission to say, It's okay that things have shifted. Mm. I think when we look at our North Star, that's also something that we have to have a little bit of fluidity with, that as life changes, as priorities change, it's okay for that to change, and it's okay to allow yourself some time to meander, as Mm -hmm. I say, and let it flow and let it emerge, right? Without putting that sense of control. I know for me this year, not just because it started a new decade, but now as a single mom, having all of those things happen really helped me narrow down the focus and say, okay, the things that I thought were clouding me mm-hmm. are no longer there. My focus is laser and I know exactly what I need to do and where I need to do it now. So I do want to point out that, yes, you should be Oh, not should be. You need to do what's right for you. But for right. me, right, having that focus, but also allowing yourself permission that it isn't set in stone and it right. can change and that's okay.
0: Right. Like you said, having that self-assessment and understanding from a dollars and cents perspective, what is it that you need and that you are looking forward to accomplishing? So, like you said, you're doing all of these things and I would think that it takes a village, right? So, I think one of the really important things that I would love to understand is how have you leveraged then maybe your network of peers, resources, colleagues, mentors, and those things to kind of help you in some cases refocus, realign, pivot. But how do you how do you leverage your network to accelerate your success?
1: Oh, I'm shameless and you've seen it. I'll ask. <laughs> I have no shame uh-huh. in asking. But I think one of the best ways that I have leveraged my colleagues and my network is first of all, before asking, learning from them, mm-hmm. watching, observing learning, applying what they're willing to share by learning through their social media, through their willingness to be vulnerable, and saying, how can I apply that to me? And when I do come to the table with an ask, making sure I've discovered, is it a win-win? Does this take something difficult from them or can I make it easy, right? Mm -hmm. And really understanding, are they in a position to assist and I think, you know, just not being scared of the no, mm-hmm. it's okay to ask if somebody can help you and they're willing to, that's great. And if not, maybe that's a self-reflection of, oh, did I ask for too much? Did I, you know, have I not given and yet mm-hmm. I'm asking to receive in return? I think you just need to be very cognizant of who you're working with and I'm always a person that has focused on giving versus taking, and Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times that has come back to me, right? We talk about karma in the world. It has come back to me in ways that I could not have imagined in my wildest dreams or even thought to ask for. And I think when you just show up every single day, you're doing the right things, thinking, how can I be of service to you? People will naturally want to be of service back. And I think we need to stop thinking of what do people owe me because nobody owes you anything. Right. And thinking of what do I contribute to the world and trusting that karmically opportunities come back to you and that you create your own opportunities.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'm not even going to touch that because it was an amazing answer. You know, you've given us some really insightful advice and tangible advice I would ask one closing question that you could leave our audiences, and you've probably touched on some of these, but maybe it's a repetition causes retention and a little bit more reinforcement, but what is the key? What is the true key to accelerating success and your momentum? And especially now thinking about how you know the world of work and the future of work is changing in the digital age and whatnot, but what would you say is that one key to continue accelerating and moving forward?
1: So I think it starts with authenticity. You need to be clear Mm. with who you are and how you show up in the world. And the key to accelerating in a digital world is to stop trying to be like everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. Show up as you and, you know, give no Fs about, If that fits for what people think or what they want from you, if they don't like it, that's not your audience. It's not your job to people, please. Show up in the world as you are that Mm -hmm. makes you feel like you're glowing. I can't tell you from the imposter syndrome, right? how many times I look at people that I know online and they're spewing advice that I know they are not taking. Look at my (laughs) Botox just moved. That's how much that bugs me. (laughs) They don't take their own advice. They're spewing it all the time of their righteousness and their picture perfect Instagram life. And that's just not reality. And I have no patience for that. And I'll tell you what, we don't want to keep seeing it we're over it. We're over the cyborg face of everybody looks the same. Mm-hmm. We're over the same, you know, like, oh, this is my perfect whatever.
0: No, mm-hmm.
1: it's not. You're not living some fantasy life. And I'll tell you the other thing is not being a slave to the hustle. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of hearing, oh, I'm grinding, I'm hustling. You know, for me, I really prioritize sleep. And I'd much rather hear from somebody who tells me how to have healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. how to take, breaks and how to focus on being my best self because they are their best self and that means they're not at every single event they're not catching a plane every single day to the next new event where they're you know oversaturating their brand spewing the same stuff all mm-hmm. over and i think becoming a mom really showed me that i saw a lot of these you know perfect hi i'm a mom and i work and i do this let me tell you, when I had my kid, everybody saw my boob on Instagram stories. <laughs> when I was breastfeeding. <laughs> Leaky shirts, no makeup, no sleep. And I can't tell you how much engagement I got because it was real. But for me, it was honest. It was what I was living. Mm. And what I got back from it is more than any Instagram campaign or anything could have given me. I got a network of moms who gave me real advice, mm-hmm. who supported me in my DMs, who reached out with opportunities, who said, you have helped me in some small way and vice versa. That helped me in many ways of, mm-hmm. you know, that sense of reassurance. And I think the way that we accelerate is not only just being clear and honest with ourselves, but that willingness to be vulnerable, but vulnerable with boundaries, right? Okay. We don't need you emotionally exploding on us all the time. Have some healthy boundaries about, you know, what is appropriate in what environment mm. and what isn't. And I think the final you know, piece to that is being willing to try new things. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're going to accelerate your presence somewhere, you have to be willing to be an, an early adopter to step into new technologies and to try new things and be willing to just be yourself on
0: them. I love that the authenticity. But I think what I also hear you saying is that sense of community as well. Like you had had this new community of moms and people who, you know, you being authentic, it totally resonated with them. So you had people come forward or a new community kind of, you know, build around you that kind of helped you navigate as well. Is that right?
1: That is, you know, you mentioned earlier, it takes a village. When I had my son, Mm -hmm. I had a very difficult pregnancy. I had a 72-hour induction, a very difficult recovery. I had an emergency C-section. I almost died. And two days later, when I was still in the hospital after the C-section, I was already doing work calls. I convinced (laughs) the nurse to take the baby, and I hadn't slept. And I didn't tell anybody that I had the baby because I was scared that they would tell me not to work, and I couldn't Mm. afford not to. I was in the office within 30 days of having my son. I took no maternity leave. And I look back now and it's a blur. I don't know how I made it through that, Mm -hmm. but I had the support of my community. I had moms giving me tips for breastfeeding giving me little tips for meal prep, ways to enhance my milk supply, ways to juggle like, oh, you're pumping, you need a hands-free bra, or you need to try this, you know, this pump that doesn't have cords, try the willow Mm -hmm. pump, things that I wouldn't have known because I only have my own limited set of knowledge. And while I try to enhance that, having this sense, right, that sense of authenticity allowed me passage into Mm. other people's willingness to invite me into their community and their knowledge and grow that, which in turn grew opportunities for me. And I think it's so critical to be willing to, excuse me, not willing, but it is critical Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that. And I can't tell you how many times I see other people that make it seem like they got there on their own. I don't have anything on my own. Every single thing I have in my life is the result of somebody saying. I like what you do. I'd like to introduce you to somebody. Mm -hmm. Have you thought of this? Can I refer you to this website or this resource? I'm going to make an introduction or asking and they do it. Every single thing I have is because of the generosity of someone else. And I think that is where we need to focus on applying the same thing to others.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. And Audrey, I want to thank you. It's always a pleasure and actually always really inspiring And in, in talking to you. It makes me want to, you know, take off and, you know, go accomplish something of like, what have I accomplished today? And I want to give the audience an opportunity of learning, you know, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? And is there anything else you want to share with them?
1: Yeah, so you can be connected with on all social media at Audrey Bellis. No funny spellings. You will get all kinds of vulnerable sides on me on my Instagram stories, but Mm -hmm. maybe a little more polished version on my feed. (laughs) Twitter, where I get real snarky with the daily news. Uh And I'm accessible, right? I'm a person who does respond to my DMs or hello at Audrey Bellis is a great email to reach me at and I respond regularly to inquiries. I think the last imparting piece of wisdom that I could leave, you know, for your audience is probably my Audrey Bellis signature tagline, right? You Mm -hmm. can't raise your net worth until you raise your self-worth. And really asking yourself every day, are the actions and the things that I'm doing, are they authentic to me and are they a reflection of my self-worth? Or are they something that I'm trying to convince somebody else that I am worthy of?
0: I love that. And with that, thank you so much, Audrey, we appreciate you giving us the time on our Beyond Barriers podcast. and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.